Welcome in to another edition of the Deep Slam Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? Welcome in. It's another edition of the podcast. We're talking NFL draft prospects. And hey, since the last time we chatted, the Texans added another first-round pick. So woohoo, look at that. We've got the number three overall pick and the number 13 overall pick after the Deshaun Watson trade to the Cleveland Browns. So that just made this series way more interesting because a guy that may not have gone at number three may go at number 13 or anywhere in between wherever the Texans end up picking after all. So that's exciting news. Also exciting news is this next prospect. It's Ahmad Sauce Gardner. He was a Cincinnati Bearcat. He helped them on their undefeated season. He's been there for three years and he could be the number one cornerback taken. I know a few weeks ago I did a podcast on Derek Stingley from LSU. He said he was the best cornerback in this draft class. Well, hello, Sauce Gardner says the exact same. And he has some very, very impressive uh, numbers and stats to back that up. I mean, he has not allowed a touchdown in his career at Cincinnati, and that's like over a thousand snaps. He says that he doesn't plan on allowing a touchdown in the NFL. So you think that uh, he's going to be able to back that up? We're going to find out more about Sauce Gardner. How did he get his nickname? And, oh, he's got some really nice bling to back up that nickname as well. We're chatting with Justin Williams. He is the beat reporter for the Cincinnati Bearcats. He covers the team for The Athletic. And we're going to find out all about Sauce Gardner and other Cincinnati Bearcats because there were a number of them invited to the Combine. A number of them expected to go in the first round as well. So we'll get his thoughts on all of that. But first, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston, stream Texans games on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network, and count on a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity X5. Can your internet do that? All right, let's get right into it. Let's talk some sauce with beat reporter Justin Williams from The Athletic. All right, I'm so glad to have you to talk about sauce because just in learning about him, we got to start with the name because when you Google him, there's a whole story about how he got the nickname. But since you've covered him, I want to hear it from you. Because I think a lot of people don't know why he's called Sauce Gardner. And secondly, is this his legal name? Because I have seen him referred to as Sauce without quotes. So it is not his legal name, at least as, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. Now, I think once you have a diamond encrusted chain that says that, like maybe that counts as, as a legal sure. name change. I'm not sure. But yeah, he he got the name from a, one of his peewee football coaches. You know, it, it kind of goes back to like, he kept calling him Sweet Feet sauce and you know it just kind of developed into sauce over the years the interesting thing was he came in as this really like gangly skinny freshman at Cincinnati in the 2019 class recruiting class I mean 150 pounds with equipment on he, he was unbelievably rail thin and even early on when he was like kind of down the depth chart as a freshman, he was not a highly touted recruit three-star out of Detroit, you know, good intriguing prospect, but not someone that people would have guessed would be a top 10, you know, NFL draft pick coming in. And he had always kind of said like, Oh yeah, you, you, everyone should call me sauce. And, you know, head coach Luke fickle and, and the coaching staff and a lot of players at Cincinnati were basically like, we're, we're not going to call you that <laughs> uh, until you, you earn it. Yeah. And in, in 2019, as a, as a true freshman, he had a big pick six interception against UCF. It was a home game for Cincinnati, a night game. They were the underdog at the time and that it kind of put them in the lead and kind of shifted the momentum of that game. And in the post game press conference, Luke fickle was kind of like, all right, I, I guess he's earned the nickname sauce now. And 
Fickle will still call him a mod and some of the guys, Kobe Bryant, who was his, you know, cornerback duo at Cincinnati, who, who kind of knew him when he came in, he still calls him a mod, but pretty much anyone else calls him sauce, including when I, you know, I started writing it in print. I remember talking to my editor at one point and he was like, you know, if you're an all American and, and you're going to be a top 10 NFL draft pick, I guess we can, we can call you sauce. Plus it's, <laughs> it's just too, too cool of a nickname not to use. It is too cool of a nickname. And, you know, even on the NFL combine prospects list, you know, they had the Cincinnati Bearcats or, but like eight of them invited. He was hmm. listed as sauce Gardner even on that. So I thought maybe it's an official thing, but let's just clear the air with that. I love the fact that he showed up to the combine with the bling necklace that said sauce on it. So, I mean, I have to start with this personality because I can sort of extrapolate between all these little stories, but what is he like off the field? It seems like he's a pretty gregarious, like what you want your cornerback to be personality wise, but what can you tell, uh, tell us a little bit about him and, and what he's like off the field? Yeah. And this is honestly, it's a credit to him. He is kind of the the perfect mix of like brash swaggy cornerback and also, you know, humble and determined and hardworking. And it, it can be hard to kind of mesh those two together. I think when you see a cornerback named sauce and he's, he's wearing the the bling and, you know, kind of has this aura about him, you kind of assume like, all right, you know, I, I get who this guy is. And, you know, you shouldn't judge him purely on that though. If you sit and talk with him, he's, he's really smart. He was a really good student in school, had, you know, like a 3.4 grade point average or, or something like that. I don't even want to sell him short uh, if it was a little higher than that, but just also really hard working and a lot of that goes to you know the culture that Cincinnati has built Kobe Bryant who I mentioned the, the Jim Thorpe award winner is the other cornerback for, for Cincinnati who's going to get drafted this year as well he was a couple years older than um, than sauce and had a huge impact just on him in the weight room and kind of off the field and work ethic and things like that but yeah in terms of you know, confidence in his ability. Like it, it's, there are very few that are on sauces level. You know, there are plenty of like um, quotes or examples you can, you can point to that he's had over the years in college. But the one that I love the most, he just said, you know, a couple of weeks ago at the combine, he didn't allow a single touchdown pass in coverage at Cincinnati over his three years. And a reporter asked him at the combine, like, what are you going to do you know, when you give one up in the NFL, a touchdown and his response was, I don't plan on giving one up. And like that, you know, that encapsulates sauce in the sense that he totally believes in himself. He has that confidence and that swag, but he also has the work ethic um, and in kind of the personality uh, traits to back all that up. I think that was one of the things that impressed me the most in reading about him was that he had not given up a touchdown in over a thousand snaps at Cincinnati. So what can you tell us about the strengths of his game. Give us a little snapshot of his style of play. Yeah. You know, like I said, because he was so kind of raw and skinny when he came in, I honestly think as a freshman, he might've been sixth on the cornerback depth chart, like during fall practice of his true freshman year. And he just, you know, performed really well, kept getting better, kept getting more opportunities. And it really shifted that UCF game. I mentioned when he had the big pick six UCF runs a high, you know, up-tempo offense. And so they were kind of just rolling in cornerbacks to try to keep everybody fresh. And he made that play and, and just really kind of announced himself. And ever since that point, he became like the lead, you know, boundary cornerback, the guy going against the number one receiver on the other team um, for, for the past three years. So he, you know, he was always kind of in that, toughest cornerback position on the field uh and he's really long he's gotten a lot stronger he plays press man coverage and he's kind of really aggressive and the reason he's able to do that is because he can make up for it with his length he, you know he has really good speed I think he ran what a four four one right at the combine mm-hmm. um 
But, you know, the thing that you notice is there'll be times where you think he's gotten beat because he's so aggressive on the line and, and trying to get up there. But he has these long arms. You know, I remember there's a game they played at Indiana this past year, Cincinnati, and it looked like, I think it was Ty Freifogel, who's a, a really good receiver for Indiana, looked like he had him beat late in the game. And Sauce just kind of reached out and batted the, the pass away at the last second on a deep ball. And after the game, quarterback Desmond Ritter, another expected to be high draft pick for for the Bearcats said like yeah you know everyone at at Indiana thought that pass was going to be completed for a big gain Desmond Ritter sees that every day in practice there's so many times where he would throw a pass and think he had a a completion in practice and Sauce would just reach out and and bat it away so he's definitely aggressive it's hard to say that he gambles I, I remember the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati Mike Tressel talking about how instinctive he is you know he had a an interception at Notre Dame in the red zone not because like it wasn't where he was supposed to be on the play, but he just kind of understood, all right, based on the formation and the way Notre Dame's lining up here, I know where this pass is going to go. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to be in the right spot to, to pick it off. So he definitely, you know, he'll take his chances, but I think he's really smart about it. And because of his athletic abilities and his length, he does a good job of, you know, if he is a half second behind or if, or if he does make, you know, one wrong step, he's able to make up for it because of his, his traits and abilities. All right. Well, the Bearcats defense was just among the best in the nation last year. They had that 13 and 0 run. They they went deep into the playoffs. How much do you think last season really elevated his style of play, just going against a different caliber of receivers, going against those playoff teams? How much do you think that really added to what he's able to do out there on the field? Yeah, definitely. He got a lot of recognition after his uh, sophomore year, you know, was on some All-American teams and things like that. But, you know, this is something Cincinnati has has dealt with. It's how do, how do they go? You know, they're in the American Athletic Conference, which is not one of the power five top tier conferences. So what do they look like against the top competition? Sauce, actually, they played Cincinnati played Georgia in the Peach Bowl and end of the 2020 season. And Sauce had back spasms. He wasn't able to play. So that would have been a situation where like, oh, we get to see him against top to your talent and he wasn't able to go but 2021 last season Cincinnati played at Indiana at Notre Dame and then obviously played Alabama in in the Cotton Bowl and those were probably three of Sauce's best games I mean he didn't allow I think more than like 20 something yards in a single game all season uh, as a junior last year but he had an interception against Notre Dame and I think gave up two catches for less than 10 yards to Jamison Williams, uh, you know, against Alabama in, in the cotton bowl. And, and that was probably the best kind of lasting example. Cincinnati didn't play great in that cotton bowl. They obviously didn't win, but I think coming into it, people really wanted to see the Jamison Williams sauce Gardner matchup and, you know, Alabama had its success and was able to find ways to, to score and win the game, but it wasn't, going against sauce it wasn't Jamison Williams breaking out for a big game so I think you definitely saw when he did have chances to go against top flight talent the numbers and the performance were the exact same as they were you know against maybe lesser teams or or in conferences that that weren't quite on the the power five level all right along those lines what's what's a favorite matchup or a memorable game of, of his that you covered you mentioned the Alabama game but are there any others that really stand out in your mind that one, you know, I think was just it, it solidified everything that we believed about him, that Alabama game going against Jamison Williams. So that one definitely stands out. I remember last year, kind of the problem that happened with him as a junior last year is teams just stopped throwing against him because, you know, they, they didn't even like look his way which was, you know, kind of funny. He basically started asking the coaches if he could blitz more because there (laughs) were a few instances during the season that he would get a sack on a quarterback because they weren't even looking at his side of the field. So he just screams off the edge, gets a sack because the quarterback had 
completely blocked that side out of their mind. But I remember talking to him during the season, you know, kind of asking him like, are you getting bored because teams aren't even looking at you? And he said the team that, you know, one of the teams that went out after him the most was Navy which traditionally runs a triple option is not a passing school, but they got behind. And so they had to start throwing to get back. And it was almost like they didn't care that it was sauce Gardner or they didn't know any better because they're not used to throwing the the ball. So he was just kind of chuckling at the fact that a game he went into thinking he was never going to have, you know, any chances to, to, play cornerback to to go you know knock down balls get get interceptions was against a team that actually ended up going after him the most they didn't have much success against him either but um I just always remember you know talking to him about yeah I didn't expect Navy to be one of the teams that actually challenged me the most his junior year you know you mentioned his his measurables and there was a lot of talk at the combine how he just has like the ideal measurements and and really unusual unique measurements for a cornerback he's got the size he's got the length um he, he was undersized coming in as a freshman but now he's up to 190 or at least that's what they weighed him at the combine what can you tell us about how he put on that weight and how the measurables will really help him make that transition in the NFL the fact that he's got those physical traits already there yeah a lot of credit goes to Brady Collins who's Cincinnati's strength and conditioning coach i think he recognized obviously everyone knew Sauce was going to have to get bigger because of how skinny he was. But I think Collins recognized you have the frame that can actually support you playing at 200 pounds. And that's what he played at like two, 205 at Cincinnati, his, his senior or his junior year this past year. I think he dropped a little bit for the combine. Um, probably hoping, probably had people telling him it would help him run a little bit faster. But, you know, I've talked to, to Collins a little bit during this process and he was like, you know, he's going to play at 200 in the NFL. And that's what he was at all of last year. So definitely he has, you know, he's kind of just has this freakish, you know, uh, frame and athletic ability that he can be 200 pounds. He can be six, three, he can have these long arms. He can still run, uh, you know, four, four, 40. Everyone talks about his, uh, you know, ability to cover and not allowing touchdowns. Obviously I I was kind of impressed, especially as a junior, how well he did tackling, you know, he didn't have a ton of opportunities since nice defense was really good, but whether it was him blitzing or, or there's a couple times in the run game where he would come up and, you know, you would expect a guy like that to maybe do the Ole defense as a cornerback. And he didn't, you know, hesitate to stick his nose in there. There was one play against UCF. I think it was a reverse or an end around. And he basically tracked down a, you know, a track star wide receiver from behind, like chased him down. I mean, it was a big gain for UCF, but I think what stood out to scouts was, here's a mod gardener on the other side of the field, chasing a guy 40 yards. That's a track star and bringing him down. And so it just seems like anything you could possibly want speed coverage, you know, fluid hips, and even the ability to stick his nose in there, tackle a little bit. He, he seems to have all of it. I mean, you really just said it all right there. And even with a name like sauce, I found it ironic that he says he's never had a drink. He's never smoked. He just has so much discipline. He's got the physical attributes. He's his performance on the field says it all. So with that all being said, what are, what are the weaknesses? I mean, what, what are we missing here? I mean, what, where's some of an area of improvement that you think, okay, maybe this is something that might give teams pause or it, it may give him some troubles as a rookie in the NFL. Are, are there any weaknesses to his game? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, it's, I feel like uh, being an NFL cornerback as a rookie is always humbling. You know, I don't know that he necessarily won against, he goes against Jamison Williams, who's going to be a, a top NFL pick, but I don't know if he's gone against a, a receiver who could be more physical with him. You know, DK Metcalf might be like the the top tier example, but a guy who's really fast and, and really strong. And okay, if this guy's going to come up and try and play press coverage on me, you know, I'm, I'm going to make it tough for him. Or if it's maybe a team that tries to, 
you know, bring an outside guy over the middle against him? Just how is he going to navigate kind of getting through the, the thicket of the middle of the field and, and things like that? I'm sure there are weaknesses. We just never really had a chance to see them at Cincinnati. So in the NFL, teams are not going to take away his side of the field game plan wise. You know, there's not going to be NFL sure. quarterbacks who are acting the same way college quarterbacks were and just not throwing at him. So I think there will definitely be an adjustment as he gets targeted a little bit more and as the talent level that he's going against every week is, you know, obviously much, much higher. But just based on the way he handled everything at Cincinnati, I guess there's no part of me that doesn't believe that he won't, you know, if there are struggles or there are weaknesses that pop up, that he won't find a way to, to work against those and, and to, you know, uh, remove them or, or just make sure that they aren't a problem for him. All right. I want to get your thoughts on some of these other Cincinnati Bearcats. Any, any other names to look for in the draft? I know you mentioned Kobe Bryant, the second half of that cornerback tandem. Where do you think he lands and, and maybe some other names to look out for? Yeah. You know, I expect Kobe Bryant to probably be like a mid round draft pick and, you know, fall to a team that is, ends up being really happy that, that he fell that far. He doesn't have kind of the eye popping measurables or, or numbers that that sauce does. I think he did really well on the bench, the combine Kobe did and, and probably ran a better 40 than, than people expected, but his game is intelligence and kind of hard, you know, hard work and he won't blow you off the page with, with his numbers, but he's going to get in the locker room and be a great leader, be a great special teams player and probably end up carving out a, a great NFL career and, and being kind of a steal for a team that gets him in the middle rounds. Desmond Ritter, you know, um, I, I don't know what the what the Texans are, are looking at in terms of Everything. quarterback at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I think Desmond Ritter is a guy who's he's probably going to be one of these these quarterbacks that sneaks into the first round. You know, I know that was the talk hmm. leading into this draft is it's not a, a top heavy quarterback draft. But Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, all these guys I think are going to end up going in the first round because that's the way it always works with, with quarterbacks. And Desmond Ritter, you know, he has a lot of the intangibles and, and raw athleticism that I think a team is going to, you know, be really excited about probably middle to, to late first round. Uh, beyond that, you know, my Jay Sanders is an edge rusher who I think will probably go in round two or three for Cincinnati. Uh, Alec Pierce, uh, kind of this big bodied uh, outside wide receiver who, you know, I, I should have mentioned him when talking about sauce because he was a huge key to sauce's development at Cincinnati going against Alec Pierce uh, every day in practice. Pierce will probably go second, third round as an outside receiver, uh, another kind of athletic freak who, who tested really well at the combine. And yeah, I mean, you could keep going with Cincinnati because of how many just strong players, Jerome Ford, Darian Beavers, Brian Cook. Um, those are all guys that got combine invites. And, and then there might even be a couple more at their pro day on Thursday that have a chance to raise some eyebrows and, and maybe work their way into the draft. So the headliners are definitely going to be sauce and Desmond Ritter. But I, I think for people that are maybe wondering how did Cincinnati have such a huge rise in college football and, and make the college football playoff this past year, when they start seeing all these guys pop up on over the course of the NFL draft, they're going to realize why the Bearcats have had so much success in recent seasons. Yeah. It's, it was a fun season to watch certainly. And it's going to be fun to watch them in the draft process and see where all these guys go it's justin williams he covers the bearcats for the athletic justin appreciate the time if you want to follow him you can follow him at williams underscore justin justin thanks so much we look forward to seeing your work definitely thanks for having me all right i'm super impressed now even after chatting with justin about sauce gardner because i know we all have that that picture in our mind of a, of a swaggy cornerback but I, I thought that justin really laid it out well about how he's got that swagger, but he's also very hardworking and humble. And I like the fact that he had to kind of earn that nickname his freshman year, and it didn't really take him that long. But 
I didn't even know that, that he was sixth on the depth chart at Cincinnati as a true freshman. And I had read that he had come in very, very undersized. I think that the fact that he was able to put on as much weight as he did to be playing at 200 pounds is really impressive. And, you know, everything you read about him, everything you see about him is is just really eye-popping, like Justin said. So it'll be very interesting to see where Ahmad Sauce Gardner goes in the draft. Will he be the first cornerback taken overall? And, hey, what other Cincinnati Bearcats are going to be joining him in this draft class? Will any of them end up on the Texans? We'll have to find out and see. We may, we may circle back with Justin and talk about some other Bearcats that are expected to go very high in this draft class. We'll see. We'll see. We've got a couple more weeks until the NFL draft. The end of April, I'm going to try to crank through as many draft prospects as we can, especially now that we know the Texans have two first round picks. So you can listen to the other prospects. I've covered Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, uh, Derek Stingley, Evan Neal. I mean, the list goes on and on. I feel like we've done eight or nine of these podcasts so far and uh, no plans to stop anytime soon. So Hope you're enjoying the series as we get to know some of these players from the beat reporters that covered them. But that's going to do it for our podcast. Of course, you can catch all of this on HoustonTexans.com and catch Texans All Access every night from 6 to 7 p.m. Because if you have any questions about the draft or draft prospects, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris will have you covered. All right, I'm going to sign off for now. That's going to do it for our podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.